The number of people displaced by the conflict is at the highest level ever recorded. It's estimated that 65.3 million people... See what is happening in Zimbabwe. Their lives are in danger as we are speaking right now. So he decided to come to Ireland. He thought that this is his last chance. Die or I'll look after him. You have no right to call me bastard, sir. You are a racist. You are a racist. You have no right to call me a bastard. The death of a young mother in the Kinsale Road Direct Provision Centre in Cork on Tuesday has once again shone a spotlight on the system of accommodation which we have here for asylum seekers and their families. You're not allowed to cook for yourself. We are not allowed to work. We only receive that 19 euro 10 per week. You do that, maybe you watch a little bit of TV, sleep, wake up. That's the general routine of a life in direct provision. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm flying at 37,000 feet, hoping for 100,000 welcomes. I don't know much about this island. At this altitude, I still don't know about Dublin or about the crack, even Conor McGregor or the Irish Refugee Act of 1996. Like anyone else in this airplane, I'm kind of in between of countries. And I'm just so sleepy. Stateless. And sleepy. Gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. In about 20 minutes or so, we will begin our descent. Current weather in Dublin, a light breeze. Temperatures of 15 degrees, a little cloudy. This will be a good time to use the facilities, as once the fasten your seatbelt sign has been illuminated, you will have to remain in your seats. In the meantime, spare a thought for Elizabeth in seat 23D. She is the only person on board with forged documents. What? No. Madam? Please! There's nothing wrong with my papers. Madam, are you okay? Did you maybe have a bad dream? Listen, madam. Those travelling without valid documents are liable to be deported under the International Protection Act. What? I can't hear anything. So, thank you again for flying with Can us. Can I get you a glass of water? I wish you all a very happy visit to Ireland. Maybe you'd like to look at our in-flight magazine. Everyone is welcome, except Elizabeth. <sighs> I don't blame myself for having nightmares. I mean, I am traveling with forged documents. Up high like this, I can look down on my problems. People will ask me, what are you doing here? And I'll say, my brother, you don't understand. And I'll say, like the man who was on the radio. You came here, you didn't come here for a holiday. I didn't come here for a holiday. You came here because you flee persecution. I came here because I'm fleeing persecution. In Africa, in Zimbabwe particular, they are what they call central intelligence organization. These are the people that works for the ruling party, but they are very vicious. You can't run away. 
you can't run away, you can't hide everything. If you speak against the ruling party, you become a threat to the government. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, my, my home, my house has been burnt to ashes. Has been burnt. I pray this radio in my head to ashes, like the other passenger watch a movie on their laptops. My own uh, cousin brother who was also abducted up to date, it's almost two years now. We don't know where he is. Nobody has said anything about him. As we are speaking right now. As you are speaking right now, we have got at least for the past week only, we have 120 people who were arrested and tortured just for the past week only because they stood against the ruling party. In 2018, 2018, people were amputated. They were cut their hands. And these are the things that people are fleeing from. They are running from. Their lives are in danger. Their lives are in danger. I wouldn't want to come here and seek asylum in the coffin. I would love to come here and seek asylum while I'm still able-bodied. That's what we are trying to do here. That's what we are trying to do here. Captain speaking. We're traveling at about 500 miles per hour, currently getting a little help from a strong tailwind. Now the rest of you relax, while I have a little chat with Elizabeth. What? I must be dreaming again. So what happens when you get to passport control? It's all arranged. A lawyer will be waiting for me. So you'll tell the truth. You want to apply for refugee status in Ireland. You have forged documents. I had to use this so that I can be on the plane. But I have my original documents. They're in my bag. Well, Elizabeth, this is what really happens. There is no lawyer. The man at passport control nods his head. He fills in a form and puts it in a brown envelope. He takes you for a walk down a long, winding corridor. You gradually realize that this corridor doesn't go to Ireland. He's taking you to a plane. And that plane is flying straight back to where you came from. Are you okay there? You could take your mind off things and have a listen to one of the radio programs. Okay. There are earphones just there. Thank you. Okay. Just click the buttons there to your right to pick the channel you want. And a number of people uh, spoke to us directly from one of the over 30 direct provision centres for asylum seekers. They're in the news again. The minister said we will be taking more asylum seekers from Syria. And we heard yesterday directly from inside what the conditions are like. We have on the line Diana. You say the system is crazy. Why? Well... So the system is crazy because it leaves people in in that situation for a number of times that they don't know how long they are going to be in there for. She says it's worse than prison because you don't know the crime you've committed. The center that I particularly resigned in, it's made up of, well, a few blocks that are made out of prefab materials. This is where you go if you are seeking asylum. How long have you been in in Ireland in direct provision? Eight years now. And where has your has any part of your case been heard? Yeah, it has been heard. Even at the moment, I'm still waiting for them to to reply me. This is where you wait for your hundred thousand welcomes. The routine is more or less the same each and every day. You wake up at a certain time. Your meals are provided three times a day at specific times. 
um, you're not allowed to cook for yourself or, you know, to make meals at your own time. So basically you wake up, you go to eat, you go back to your four walls, you sit and wait for the next, for the next meal time. You go back and you do that, maybe you watch a little bit of TV, sleep, wake up. That's the general routine of a life in direct provision. The radio says, Joe Duffy. Another man says, the security people are walking past you with their walkie radios, talking at one another. This is not a place you wish to sit down and eat. A woman says, these kids have never tasted the food cooked by their parents. How can people not cook for themselves? They won't allow them to make food from home or pass on food skills to their next generation. These people, they've lived more than five years, eight years. But these parents, they've never cooked at all. I don't know what to do because I love food. And the way I love to cook, I'm not sure how am I going to cope. What is this system going to do to me? I promised my children that I'm going to get them in a few months. I'm worried, I'm scared for my family. The last time I moved from the direct province and I was staying with this other guy from another country, he has mental problems. To an extent that one day he actually beat me in the house because he came drunk and he was singing and he playing music in, in the room. So he confronted, I, I asked him to probably just reduce the voice at the volume and the like, but he, he didn't take it. I don't blame him. The guy, you, you can see he has a mental problem. He has been in the system for quite long, you know. You, you can tell, you can see that the guy is not all right because he's always talking to himself, always doing things that are not uh, uh, proper. Well, I'm a nursing mom of three months old baby. So if I go to the kitchen, they'd normally give me small food. And it can be enough for me because I have to have enough food so that I could produce enough milk to feed my baby. Another man says, I'm fleeing from war. But direct provision is like a cold war. Fragment, fragment, memories, memories. I just missed some sima with some vegetables in groundnut soup. Dreams, dreams, and my hard chicken. Oh, I've missed my jumbo. Dread, dread, it's a fish, nerves, nerves, nightmares, nightmares. Captain speaking. 
Unfortunately, there's a backlog of arrivals at Dublin Airport, and we are required to fly in a holding pattern until further notice. We apologize for the inconvenience. A pattern of Boeing 737s flying around the Dublin skies. I guess that's what I'll be doing, a holding pattern in a convent in Ballyhonis or a mobile home in Athlone. Traveling in no obvious direction with someone else at the controls. At least I'll be safe as my life goes around in circles. I won't be worried of being raped. I won't be worried of being tortured. That's what I think as my ears pop and the sound of engines changes to a rush of air. Back home, a man is hung from the ceiling by his feet, while 21 other men take turns in beating him. we've been in a holding pattern for an hour now. I pick up a newspaper, 20th of June, 2016. A tiny group has gathered in the middle of a busy Dublin street. In their arms, a banner for World Refugee Day. Maybe there's some more pain waiting for me in some small room. With this 19 euro 10 a week, and not being allowed to cook my own food, but this direct provision, it doesn't define me. Thank you for thinking of us. Really, and thank you for coming and supporting us because we feel we are abandoned. No one is with us. We just want you to be beside us. Now, I know we are maybe not a huge number, but we are very powerful and very strong. Maybe those people let me hold their banner. Our attitude and our approach to the refugee crisis or to any humanitarian crisis defines who we are and what we stand for. Maybe the crowd gets bigger. We are gathering here today to express our concern regarding many disadvantages that we are facing as asylum seekers. We come together from around the world, different religions and colors. And we are all united for equality and fair treatment. And refugees are the true test of humanity. Be the same voice, don't change because we really need you. Thank you very much.
Ladies and gentlemen, we have been granted permission to land. No one needs a hundred thousand welcomes. Just one. Asylum seekers live in overcrowded, unhygienic conditions where families with children are often forced to share small rooms. The management controls their food intake, their movement, supply of bed linen and cleaning materials, exerting their authority, power and control. And you're in a place where you're forced to stay in that space indefinitely and you don't know what to do with the stuff that's in your head. I think creative people, writers and artists understand that stuff that needs to get out of you and you have no outlet for it. Then you end up crying all the time. It is more than depressing because you can see your life slipping by. People can uh, choose to judge me the way they can think of. But you know, sometimes being a refugee or being an asylum seeker, it's not like you are a poor person or you are coming from a situation whereby you were a nobody. In the middle of nowhere, I become an asylum seeker and I lost all the rights. But I still have me. 